Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. because sometimes you can get tunnel vision when you do that. I know there are a lot of preachers that focus on just just a, a set or a chapter. For example, uh, chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians, that's the love chapter. Well, that's not, that is an excellent description, but it's not the only place in the Bible love is. So... But it's fantastic to focus on it. So the temptation is is to get really uh, hyper-focused. Instead, what I want to do is say this. In the Gospel of John, there are two chapters, I think, that, at least for me, are very encouraging. They're super encouraging. It's not the only chapters in the Bible, in the New Testament even, in the Gospels, that are that way. But I think John, the way he presents it, gives it some really cool clarity for me. Anyway, now, you may be wondering, okay, well, you know, what, what are you talking about? What, what chapters are you talking about? So... It's John chapter 14 and 15. Now, why is that? Why is that? Why am I like focused on that? There's, there's several reasons. Several reasons. Uh, reason number one is this is a time that is after the Lord's Supper, okay, which is Passover, with the disciples and he has the twelve there and he's talking to them he's just washed their feet and he's really giving them some very important discussion and instruction Uh, this is before Judas actually betrays him so Judas is there too and this is before Peter denies him. Now, what happens is, and, and you got to have this picture in your head, of there's this low table with, with the Passover meal on it that they've just eaten, what's remaining of it, and they're around that table... And we know the 12 are there, but it's probably going to be filled with other disciples, all right? Now, here's the thing. Uh, Jesus takes this time. I mean, and, and you can almost 
feel, and you can almost sense the importance that Jesus has at this moment with his disciples. And I love <laughs> how, how it starts. It's this way. John 14, 1, right? And we're really going to focus on 14, but I want to encourage you to read 15 as well. The first section on this one, and this is right after he's talked to Peter about, hey, you're going to deny me, Peter. And Peter's like, no, 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 that ain't going to happen. But I'm assuming he, he's, he's addressing the group now, and he says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now that's just like huge. That is a very short verse. That is absolutely massive. That is massive. That is a continent of information right there. Now, why would he tell his disciples, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled? First of all, he understands. Whoa, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of jazz go down. Not, not fun. They're fixing to go into a lot of crazy. But he emphasizes. He says, "Believe in God." Now you got to understand, believe in, in God. Monotheism is the factor in Judaism. It is rock solid. I mean doesn't deviate and he encourages them believe in God believe also in me he's saying look I've told you that the father and I are one believe in me and he says this before the crucifixion okay he, he hasn't yet been betrayed but he's gonna be and he knows it now he says. Now let me continue. He says, uh, "In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you." Now, yeah, <laughs> he says that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again. And will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Now, whoa. This is assurance. Okay? This is assurance. He starts it with, don't let your hearts be troubled. And he says, look. I'm going to go to my father's house. And this is culturally, let me just just say, it's, I, I love this, especially about this time, because at the time, back in Jesus' time, especially in Israel, when they had a house and you were going to bring some more people, family, to the house, you, you made rooms on, you added rooms onto the house. If somebody got married... Um, the guy would go to the the bride's 
father and, and pay the dowry and say, hey, I'm going to be back for her. At that point, they were considered married. But he went away and prepared a place in his dad's house, added room to it for them to live in. Then once that was finished, he would go and get the bride, and that's when the big party started. Okay, So anyhow, he says, look, I'm, I'm preparing a place for you. That tells me, where is the Father's house? It's in New Jerusalem. Now, you might be thinking, whoa, 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 that's a stretch. What happened? Well, I'm just saying, um, the, the, you know, without getting really crazy into the end of Revelations, let's just say this. Um, a lot of people assume, where's the Father's house? It's in, it's in uh, heaven. They think, okay, that's heaven. Maybe so because the New Jerusalem is going to come down out of heaven and land on earth. But personally, I think this is the New Jerusalem. And he's got places for everyone who loves him. His people there. And he says, look, I'm, I'm going to make a place for you. That means there's a place waiting. Not just here, there as well. Now, Thomas, and I kind of love Thomas too. Thomas is close to my heart just because he's a guy that's, that he doesn't know and he says it. You know, um, Abraham Lincoln, I think, is attributed with a quote that says, it's better to be thought a fool than to, than to say something and remove all doubt, something of that nature. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, I love Thomas. Uh, he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? So God bless him. He's a better man than I am. He knew, <laughs> he just didn't get it. Because then Jesus says something super profound, okay? And this is a heavy hitter also, John fourteen six, And that is, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This in itself is... Jesus said, saying exclusively, you don't get to the Father if I'm not involved. End of story. Now, that's one, this has been super argued, okay? But these are definite articles in the Greek uh, right before the word way and truth and life. He makes a point of saying, I am the, it's a definite article, the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then he continues, he says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, why is Jesus saying that? Because, again, he goes back to, I've already told you, the Father and I are one. Then, uh, there's a little back and forth with Philip, because it's pretty apparent that, that uh, 
that it's not completely clicking because they're 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 working it. It's easy for me, and it's easy for all these evangelical people to to to, to go. Wow, these guys are really thick in the head, and to slam them because what hindsight's twenty twenty, and guess what we got? We got the scripture. You know, we got the New Testament to tell us what happened. They didn't have any of that. They're brand new, so give them a break. Good grief. So anyway. Um. If you go to, and here's another verse I, I want I want you to think about for encouragement, and that, that's this one. John fourteen twelve, and truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works then these will he do because I'm going to the Father and he or she, okay, because I'm going to the Father. Now, in 13 he says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, now there's the kicker though, okay? A lot of people, especially prosperity people, will say, look, look, it says right here, it says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. So it's almost like, okay, I got you, Jesus. You said this right here. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. It's a contract now. It's a contract. You said it. Now Now I'm going to, now that's going to be the way it is. Well, 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 hold on, hold on. The, the uh, attachment to that is this, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So, if you ask stuff, and you want stuff, and you start doing your name at Claim It Jazz, and it doesn't glorify the Father or the Son, because glorifying the Father and in the Son, you know, in, in the name of Jesus, then guess what? Uh, I don't think it's going to just happen, you know. Well, God, I need a Cadillac. And it says right here that if anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. Well, no, it says that the Father, well, how's that going to be glorified? In this, you know, so you get to ride around in a Cadillac or, or whatever. How's that glorifying the Father and the Son? Well, God knows that I needed a Cadillac. Well, how about you sell the Cadillac and give a whole bunch of, and give all that money to the poor people? Then you can be getting closer to what God's got in mind. Now, here's something in in, in fourteen fifteen that I think is super important that we miss a lot of times, and that is this. And Jesus says it over and over and over. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He talks a lot about keeping his commandments. So what are his commandments? Now, he does tell you. He, he, he does tell you. He says, if... He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him and make a home with him. And Jesus also says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So where where is that? Where is it? 
says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Yes, that's super important. Yes, absolutely. But he doesn't say one commandment. He says, keep my commandments. So what are we going to do? Come through the New Testament looking at all Jesus' commandments. Well, you know why you don't necessarily have to do that? Because Jesus is going off of the Torah. And the Torah already has God's commandments in it. And it's like I'd mentioned before. There's, you know, there's uh, 600 plus commandments in the Torah. But if you can condense that, you can condense it into the Ten Commandments. And if you can condense that, you condense that in what what they asked Jesus, hey, what's the greatest commandments? He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. And, and the other one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Paul even simplifies it further because Paul says, loving your neighbor is loving God because your neighbor is in the image of God. And that's the unselfishness that God's looking for in the first place. And that pleases God. But anyway, now, one more verse, and then we'll start to wrap this up. And that's John fourteen eighteen. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. So, he's with us. He's with us through the, through the Holy Spirit. And that's why communion through the word, through prayer, through outreach is so important. In verse 26, Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance to your remembrance, all that I have said to you. So, here's the deal. If you want help with the Word of God, pray for it. Ask it. Ask Holy Spirit, please, you know, help me with the Word. And I guarantee you, you can. He will help you memorize and bring the Word into you into your heart, soul, mind, and help you with scripture memory. It will happen. Because that's something that the Spirit does for us. Now, an interesting thing, and this is where I fall short a lot of times, uh, I'll know verses, and I'll, I'll know references and where stuff is, and I can give you the verse, but I can't always tell you, you know, what, uh, what book and, and chapter and verse it is. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, okay? I would like to do that. I think it's important, even though in the original Bible, no, there wasn't verses and all that stuff. It just said the book of John, you know, it said the book of Isaiah. But still, I still think it's important to be able to do that. Just because you really want to give an account for the hope that is within you. And that's part of it. 
So with that in mind, again, these are really fantastic instructions that Jesus is giving for comfort, for comfort for his disciples. That's us. I think we can use this. I think we can use this and take this to heart because he's talking to his disciples, and if you're a disciple, then absolutely. And I don't think Paul or Peter or any other disciple that has ever lived would argue that if you are a disciple of Jesus, you have Jesus in your heart and the Holy Spirit, and you've accepted him as Savior, then you can use this to comfort you. Okay? So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to read John 14 and 15, those chapters, and keep going. Read the one before. Read the one after. Read the book of John. It's an awesome book. It's my favorite gospel, actually. And you shouldn't, you know, they say, well, you should have a favorite gospel. Well, let me just say this. It's not the it's not favorite because I love it more than the others. That's not the way it is. It's favorite because the way it the message that's in it, the way it's presented, connects to me. Uh, I like the other ones as well. It's just John for some reason kind of kind of connects quicker, and that happens. But it doesn't mean I don't like the other ones and I don't love them too. Uh, anyhow. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.